I'm curious if you got the opportunity tomorrow to to move to the USA, you know, get a decent job, find opportunity, connections, network. Would you take it? I don't think I will. Like to be honest, I used to have a, a higher opinion on the United States. Of course, it's been decreasing. What are the best, you know, most underrated places to go in Mexico relating to the safety, the cost of living? You know, if you're a bachelor, single, but uh, overall uh, lifestyle, where the hell should I go? These gringos that come here to Latin America and they spend a couple months or years here and they think they are experts on everything and that they know even more than the locals because they have like this way of thinking from the United States and now they are living in Latin America. Big fish in a small pond. They were nobody before and they come down here and because they got money from the USA, they think they can shit on everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, so, wait. Yeah. Do you want me to call you uh, Latinx? Should I do that to be no, no, no. <laughs> If you have like a middle, like an upper middle class and above uh, social life here, like the best place ever, you know, because I don't have to deal with crazy feminists. I don't have to deal with junkies on the street transgenders i don't have to deal with all of this bullshit that you guys have in in like the big cities i, I like like in america because it's for me it's safer than europe like to be honest people will will maybe be called me crazy for this shit if you got on here on air right now and said f this cartel f this guy would your life be in danger you you will not uh try your luck you know <laughs> like yeah. give me yeah. a a breakdown on um, the the complexes, the interfighting between uh, the different uh, Latinos in Latin America, because I see it a lot lately. I I really like like the Spanish crown. Like I, I think they did very good things in Latin America. Uh, back in bold, this is bold perceptions. Got another Twitter friend on air. I've been meeting a lot of characters on on this Twitter, and and Jamie, he's been a nice dude. He has some good takes. I think we're kind of in similar circles with this like nomadic living especially now this last year i've been living mostly in latin america and you're really plugged in with the scene as you live in mexico but you've also traveled around today i want to get the inside scoop of where mexico is headed if it's good for gringos i want to hear another uh latino's perception on on the countries i've been to in latin america Uh, i spent a lot of time in the the riviera in the yucatan so i have uh, a little you know, feeling for Mexico. I love the spicy food. I miss it. I'm kind of tasting it right now in in Peru with that uh, Spanish influence, which we'll get to too, about the the conquistadors and if the English were better or the Spanish. But Jamie, it's good to meet you in person. Well, online, face-to-face. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Fine. Uh, Thanks for the invite. And now you're in Ontario, in the northern part of Mexico, no? Yeah, it's uh, Monterey. And you hype Monterey. it up a lot. It's, it's a yeah. nice spot up there for gringos too, or no? Um, I don't think it's a it's a good place for gringos because it's very Americani- Americanized. So maybe that's why they, they won't like the city. And it's expensive. And it's very different from other parts of mexico i feel like an european will appreciate more this city than an american unless the american really likes like the the, the way that american cities are built and and run you said expensive so most people when they think about mexico they don't think it's expensive whatsoever right um obviously I saw some big spenders yeah. down in the Riviera that are from Mexico City and so forth. But uh, 
kind of let the listener know that Mexico is not uh, just cartel and, uh, you know, a different word, favelas. You know, there's there's actually a lot of money moving around in the, in the country, no? Yeah, yeah. And so, for example, in the case of Monterrey, uh, Monterrey is the is the richest city in in Mexico and and maybe even in Latin America. Um, there's a lot of in all of Latin America. Yeah. Sao Paulo. I mean, there's a shit ton of money in Sao Paulo, no? Yeah, but here it's like like we have a lot of upper middle class and above. Okay, so, so overall, overall. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of companies that are based here that have their operations in in the whole country or in internationally. Internationally, so for example, there's a company that is called Bimbo. And can you hear me? Yeah, I'm oh, here. I just put you on the the full screen. Yeah, uh, and for example, Bimbo, it's like a bread company, and they sell products in the U.S. and Europe. And they even have factories in Asia and Africa and continents like that. So yeah, um, Me Mexico of course has like this side of of the favela that, that uh, some people know about, or the cult or the cartel side. But it's just some parts of Mexico. Like Mexico is a very diverse country to say like that. Especially in, in that economic sense, it's the same. And there's yeah people that have money through illegal businesses, and there's people that have uh, their legitimate business money. So yeah, uh, we are very we have a lot of things. So when you're talking about being one of the richest cities in Latin America, how much is a, a good income from a single person uh, monthly? Is it fifteen hundred dollars a month, two thousand? I mean, what kind of money are you talking about? Um, I mean, for someone to say that he's earning good money here, um, I think it will be like $4,000 and above per month. So you're spending what, $1,500 on housing, food, activities, whatnot, the rest? Is that kind of the, the breakdown in Monterey or no? Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, of course, like it really depends because, for example, if you go, uh, Monterrey has a city uh, that it's called San Pedro Garza Garcia, and yeah. San Pedro Garza Garcia are really that's that city is like the richest city in Latin America. Like truly, that's the, the fanciest place that you can ever go here in Latin America um, because there's some places that are fancy. For example, Puerto Madero in Buenos Aires, but it's just like a neighborhood. It's not la, it's not a whole city, and so yeah, so for example, if you wanted to live in San Pedro Garza Garcia, you will need uh, more money, yeah. Okay, so we came across each other through this interesting uh, Twitter sphere of uh, kind of alpha bros, digital nomad, geo-arbitrage. Uh, there's kind of like a little group online and there's a more specific one for, for Latin America, right? I'm yep. really curious to hear your perspective uh, as a Mexican for the gringos that have uh, flooded the country, right? Because ever since COVID, people have been coming down in droves because they say, oh, it's it's cheap and it's actually not that dangerous and the food is good and the chicas are nice. Uh, what do you think about this little Twitter sphere we're in and these gringos that want to just leave the USA for, for better pastures? Um, I'm kind of more of a pragmatist. So for example, I think it's a good thing that people 
come here to Mexico and of course like they bring their money and all of that but it needs to have some kind of regulation in my opinion and especially they need to integrate with the culture because what happens a lot is that uh this like the gringos that come here for example they all go to the same neighborhood and they all go to the same cafes and they only hang around only other foreigners so it's like i don't like the, the leftist leftist uh rhetorica you know like the woke people but they are right in that sense like they are literally colonizing some place and they are gentrifying and pricing out the local population so for example if it's like a gringo that comes here for example to mexico and they integrate into the culture they learn spanish um you know like they they yeah they integrate to the culture like i don't really have like an issue with that uh when i have an issue is when they as i was telling you like they go they all go to roma north in mexico city and they only hang around with themselves and even they only date themselves like it's it's just i don't i don't like that shit. and it doesn't have to be gringos it will be with any nationality like if the chinese will doing that i will be against it i got you i saw a good tweet from one of those bow tight accounts um he was talking about how in mexico city you know it's similar to uh, lisboa and portugal where the locals are like remote workers you're the scum of the earth get the hell out of here you're screwing everyone over but this bow tie guy was talking about mexico city it's more of the upper class in said city that are getting priced out from the gringos bringing their money down here so they're, they're not able to take advantage of the 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 maid for two hundred dollars a month or the, the cheap living right so is that something that's happened in mexico where the locals who have good money compared to, to everyone else are like, oh, get these gringos out of here because now they're the new top dogs. Uh, no, I don't think that way because uh, it, it will maybe it will be more accurate with the middle class because the middle class is just above like the, the lower class. But for example, with the upper class, like the people that, that come from rich families and shit, they have a lot of money. Like they are not spending five thousand US dollars per month. Like they are spending more than ten thousand US dollars per month on random shit that um, that they have. You know, like country clubs, um, cars, restaurants. Uh, they are traveling like each month to Europe, to US, and, and etc. So they are they are not afraid about that. Um, I think it's like the opposite. Like they like it because they are the owners of the businesses and the properties that that these gringos go to so they are getting richer with it um versus the middle class that they are getting priced out of some areas but still i think like mexico is a really big country to to feel that effect like of course you can feel it in some way but for example the thing that you say like the mate bro like there's there's uh 140 million people here in mexico and like at least half of these people are on the on the poor side of the economic spectrum so we are not running out of mates or or low class like wages you know like there's going to What's, be jobs what is the low class that half the population you said what are they surviving on uh, monthly i think they are surviving on around 300 to 500 us dollars per month a full family or just single person um 
a single person. Probably like the whole family. The whole family will be around seven hundred. Of course, it depends on the city. Like for example, if you say some someone about, uh, for example, lower class family in Monterrey, they are going to be earning much money than a rural family or a family in Oaxaca. Like one, once you you go outside of the big cities here in Mexico, people uh, earn way less money. Later on, I'm going to clickbait it. Uh, you're going to give me the top cities for gringos to go to right now. Get the best cost of living, the best vibe, safety, all that. But first, you made some great points here about the elite classes in uh, Latin America. Because a lot of uh, United States people do not understand this. And I didn't either until I played uh, football down in Brazil and I got uh, in with the local culture. Before that, I was doing the solo traveling, you know, not really meeting local people whatsoever. But this last year... <clears throat> I spent uh, most of the time in Brazil, in Belo Horizonte and Joe Pessoa in the Northeast, right? Yeah. And I met people that were living lives that I was like, holy shit, you have apartments in Miami just to go shopping. You go traveling wherever you want. One dude imported seven Ferraris to showcase one of his companies that had nothing to do with the dealership. In Latin America, the inequality is insane. And the top dogs are as rich as some of the top dogs in the, the United States of America. And we don't think that, you know, uh, gringos, Americans, uh, but but it's true. There is, what would you say it is? 0.5% of Latin America are living like, you know, modern day colonizer kings. And about half of them are middle class just getting by and the rest are dirt poor. What would you kind of uh, classify uh, out of Latin America? Um, well, According to statistics, more people are getting out of extreme poverty in Latin America, so it's getting better in that sense. Um, I still think at least at least half of population in Latin America is on is poor, and maybe yeah, like forty percent is like middle class, and the rest will be like upper middle class and rich people. Because, for example, See, like rich people uh, have the rich people here, um, they have a lot of sons. Like it's not in the like in the United States, I think, or Europe that a rich family only has like one son. For example, if you come here to to Monterrey and you go to San Pedro Garza Garcia, which is the city that I was telling you about, like the people there have like three kids at least, five kids at least, and so yeah, like there's a lot of population as well that have money. And that kind of brings me back to the point you talk about the, the gringos, quote unquote, colonizing, going to Roma Norte, Mexico City, and not talking to locals, you know, buying $7 Starbucks, whatever they, they drink, uh, soy lattes. Um, but what about in the USA? And in many places in Europe I've lived, uh, a great example is in Denmark, which is 99% freaking Danish. There's whole ghettos that uh, are totally uh, Syrian, right? They don't speak no Danish. They don't work. They don't do any of that kind of stuff. Uh, in USA, there's a lot of people that don't speak English now, you know, and a lot of the populations from uh, Latin America. So, like, where do you stand on that? You know, like, obviously, me personally, I like to get in with the culture. I still only speak English, sadly. But uh, it goes both ways, doesn't it? People are doing the same stuff in developing countries. They're flooding there and, and say, no, we're going to live our way. You know, you see a lot of the issues in France. You know, I saw them firsthand in Marseille about them wanting to live how they live back in the Middle East. Um, what is your opinion on that uh, when the shoe's on a, a different foot, you know? Yeah, um, in the case of Europe, I am totally against it 
like I, I don't really like how Europe is turning out to be um, flooded with immigrants, um, especially that are from countries that are way different than them. Uh, that is like like that this thing, for example, I believe that they're really trying to fuck up Europe because if they wanted to really incentivize the population, like they will decrease the taxes or at least uh, bring some Latinos in there or something like that, you know, something that is more similar to them and not some uh, Somalian, you know, something like that. So, yeah, um, for me, like they can deport all those people. Like I don't really see the problem or or break up those uh, neighborhoods to say like that. Uh, in the United States, I think it's different because the United States has, has like an identity that you are American, uh, but you are also like Mexican-American or uh, French-American or Chinese-American or, or things like that. And they have like their own neighborhoods and shit like that, but they still speak English in most cases at least. And they have like their own communities, you know, like you see it all the time. Like for example, the Polish Americans that they have businesses together or the Italian Americans or the Jewish Americans. So I think that, for example, for a country that it's made out of, of immigrants, in the case, for example, in the United States, um, I think it's a, I think it's it's like okay, as long as they, you know, like they don't hate America and they learn English and things like that, which I think is very different from the what what's happening here, for example, in Mexico City, because. They are making their own neighborhoods, but they are not integration into the culture. They are not learning the language. Um, so yeah, I think it's like different. It's like a different thing. Yeah, and I share similar views. I mean, as long as you're not throwing up someone else's flag in the country and saying, you know, spitting on the American flag, um, I think the melting pot works uh, if you have common ideals to. Uh, Go with because a lot of our cultures are are different, right? Okay, especially the Middle East and uh, the Europeans. Like uh, whether it's religion, how you you treat women, there's a lot of different things that you know. Okay, you're free to do what you want to do in the USA. That's what it was built on. But you have to come together on common beliefs, like freedom of speech, freedom of religion. You know, don't tax me to fucking death, right? Like there there's things that to make a melting pot work with so many different cultures. You have to agree on a set of principles. And that's what I'm afraid of because it's not happening in the USA. Now, I haven't lived there fully for almost six years now. And I think it keeps getting crazier and crazier. And you see the Twitter stuff and, and, and so forth. But that is a, a scary issue that uh, that needs to be addressed. But I do see your point about Mexico City. It becomes just a straight up bubble, right? And, yeah, uh, and that, that that's, gets ugly. Yeah. And a lot of these people uh, also are like uh, social justice warriors. So lots of them want to, they are virtual signaling and and, it, and it's really it's really crazy because they are on that side of the political spectrum, but they think they are above like the, the Mexicans, you know, for example, like the locals. And it's like, yeah, like, bro, like you are in Mexico, like it's not that different. Um, wait, wait, so, yeah. wait, do you want me to call you uh, Latinx? Should I do that to be no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like in Mexico, it's way more like traditional and conservative, right? And so these people yeah. that are coming there are trying to enforce way more progressive uh, ways onto the people. Is that what you're kind of saying, or no? Uh, some of them, not all of them. I think like the crowd that lives abroad, it's it's either really woke or they are really like on on this conservative spectrum. 
So it really depends. For so, for example, if they are in, in tech, we usually they are more liberal and more progressive. Um, and and if they have like their own like businesses, they are more conservative. So it really depends. I'm curious if you got the opportunity tomorrow to to move to the USA, you know, get a decent job, find opportunity, connections, network. Would you take it? I don't think I will. Like to be honest, like it, it would okay. really need to be like a city that I really enjoy. But still, like I, I don't see myself living in the US. Like to be honest, I even work right now with a company that it's based in New Mexico, in Santa Fe, and I'm getting a visa to to visit them and work from for some seasons for example but i will just do it for the experience and to practice more english and maybe earn a little bit more of money but i don't really like view the united states as like oh i really want to live in there or i will do whatever it takes to you know it's like yeah like whatever now let me ask you this was that different 10 years ago or is this the socioeconomic classes that think this way um because you know a lot of uh, perception from americans is everyone south of texas would love to come here for the american dream and whatnot is this recently yeah. changed in your mind or is it how it's been for the people that aren't you know lower class or, or have a way in, in latin america well i think i used to believe i used to have um, a higher opinion on the united states of course it's been decreasing do it to to the events and the content that I have seen, like the news and everything, or things that I see on Twitter or Instagram that happened there. And also, of course, like if you if you have like a middle, like an upper middle class and above uh, social life here, like it's the best place ever, you know. Because, uh, for example, in my case, like I don't have to deal with crazy feminists. I don't have to deal with junkies on the street. I don't have to deal with uh, transgenders. I don't have to deal with all of this bullshit that you guys have in, in like the big cities. And I only have it at a fraction of the cost, you know? So it's like, and you can make as much money even or more. Like it's not uh, that difficult once you get past certain figures. So yeah, um, I would rather live here in Latin America. Well, especially with the internet, especially with the internet, that's opened up so many gates for people around the world. I mean, I've heard studies of people in freaking the mountains of Pakistan doing social media, making a hundred thousand dollars a year now, which was impossible ten years ago. Um, but it's interesting you say that, and I I felt that you were going to say that. Obviously, the perception of the USA is changing fast. I think um, it really got hit with the TikTok during the, the COVID shit because I think. Not it, it still was happening before that, but it was a really focal point of the rest of the world not seeing Hollywood propaganda, not seeing what we put out in the news, like seeing day-to-day -day life of Americans, right? And yeah. we post all this shit about everything. We're a lot of neurotic type people in USA, and and people are like, "Damn, this isn't what I grew up watching the movies," you know, with uh, Schwarzenegger and uh, you know the Hollywood uh, films of the '80s. It's uh, it's been exposed, right? And it's not all of it. It's still one of the, probably the best places for opportunities if you're not stupid, you know, but uh, it's yeah. not as beautiful as the propaganda used to promote it. Yeah, uh, I think there's no better uh, region in the world right now, maybe. Uh, I think uh, Latin America, I think, for example, United States is a really good place to make money. Um, to live, yeah, it will be, of course, like a good place, like any place is good if you are rich. 
but for example, it, it's mostly a good place to make money. Like uh, it's a good place to live. Like if you are like super rich, and for example, in the case of Europe, Europe has a great lifestyle right now. Um, they still have it, and I think like Latin America is a, is a blend of the two. Like especially in Mexico, like Mexico. In the case of Mexico, Mexico is a good place to make money and also a good place to live. Uh, if you were, for example, I don't know, in, in Paraguay, Paraguay sucks for making money and the lifestyle, it will be like, uh, not that good. So yeah, uh, I think Latin America is a really good place. I mean, there's people like Lebanese and Chinese and Indians that go to Africa to invest and live there. Uh, I think Latin America is way better than Africa or Asia or whatever nation you want to call it. Okay, so I've lived in multiple countries in Europe, and one thing is for sure, their lifestyle is the best in the world. Even how much money you got, everyone lives somewhat decent. It's been supplemented by the American taxpayer because they haven't paid for their own military forever. They've basically been a client state. That's kind of going away. We're going to see how this Ukrainian-Russian thing uh, uh, finishes, but uh, I agree with you. Um, with the Latin American, European, the Latin American lifestyle is more European uh, the difference are it's obviously more dangerous. It's way more overhyped than it actually is, the danger. It's definitely cleaner, I think, uh, more functioning in Europe. But uh, you feel definitely more alive in Latin America. Okay, I think the people are more expressive, of course. Uh, depends on which area you go to. But in general, compared to Europeans, they're out there. They're very like Southern Mediterranean on steroids. Um, but yeah, I think if you can get over the hump of Am I going to get skinned by the cartel or I'm going to get robbed on the streets? Latin America is a destination that uh, it, it, it's full of life. Is that what you kind of agree? You've been to Europe, no? Yeah, yeah uh, only to Spain and Portugal. And tell me what your differences are from, from that to, to Latin America. Um, well, I mean, in Spain, I was on like on the countryside and I visited some cities but the cities were small. They were not the European capitals. Um, it was uh, mainly the province of Galicia. Uh, and that province is like really different from the rest of Spain because they don't have a lot of immigrants. They don't have a lot of uh, poverty or they are not very like liberal in that sense. Um, so it was good. Uh, in Portugal, um, I don't know. I didn't like Portugal that much. I mean, it was cool. Like for example, Lisbon is, is really cool. But it was just like too touristic. Like there's a lot of tourists in there, and I don't know. I hate that shit. And also there were like you can see like there were gangs of Pakistanis or or like sub-Saharians or something like that. And it's it's not that I am like in like that races, you know. But I don't know, man. Like if I'm walking, like my Latin fifth sense is telling me like if there's a, a gang close by, like there's danger, you know? So I don't like that shit that much. And you don't see this in Mexico. Um, and like people really know their place, you know, like you don't really see a gang of, of cholos in, in a street. It's unless you're in a bar or something like that. So I think I, I like Latin America because it's, for me, it's safer than Europe. Like, to be honest, people will, will maybe be calling me crazy for this shit. But for example, if you go to the upper middle class, if you move into the upper middle class, parts of any Latin America city, um, it's very safe, you know, like you are not getting robbed, you are not getting kidnapped or some shit like that. You are getting, you, you are very safe because like there's no gangs, 
uh, the police fucked ups like the the uh, the bad people or the people that are like this the beggars on the street, you know. So because because they don't really care, like the police can fuck up someone and they don't really care. Uh, so I think it's safer in that sense. Um, I think like the number uh, and you have no risk of a terrorist attack. Like that's another thing. For example, in Europe, you could be a victim of that shit. And or yeah. war, or war. Besides now, Venezuela trying to take over Ghana. There hasn't been war in Latin America, you know, for a minute. Besides internal stuff, military coups. Yeah, but it, but it doesn't happen that much. And you know, for me, it's like if you are not hanging around in dangerous areas and you are not consuming drugs, like you are hardly going to 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 get robbed or to receive something. You know, like. I live here my whole life, and I lived in Argentina. I've been in Euro I've been to Uruguay. Uh, I lived in Paraguay. I live in multiple cities in Mexico, and I have never been robbed, nor stabbed, nor shot at, nor kidnapped, nor nothing. So, and most of my friends have did the same thing. I'll tell you, I got a couple points here. The one big difference is in Europe, you don't hear the dogs barking all the time like Latin America. I keep hearing that dog in the background. Yeah, that man, like <laughs> the neighbors' dogs. Um, I don't completely agree with you saying Latin America is safer than Europe because, I mean, I, I don't want to say I will say safer on the middle, upper class and above. If you know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So like Europe, I never had any worry whatsoever. Obviously, when I first started going to Latin America, I was on edge and then it cooled down because I understood where I was going, who I was dealing with. And like you said, if you don't, in Mexico's example, if you don't fuck with the cartel, they keep you safe almost. They're, they're, especially in tourist area, like the Riviera and so forth. Like they want you to have a good time, spend money at their hotels, et cetera. And uh, it is kind of like there, you need to see the bad apples. Okay. But everyone else is kind of just to their own, you know, not going to try to mess with you. Lively, fun people. They'll help you out where you want to go, when you want to go. Um, but you do feel more on edge in Latin America. There's, there's no question about that. If you get used to it. Yeah, I feel great. I've only been robbed once in my entire, entire life. That was in Belo Horizonte in Brazil, but I was being a total jackass gringo. But other than that, I've never been in too sketchy of situations. And I've went all to the favelas, crazy parties, been on uh, suspect dates. And uh, so, yeah, it's but it's the wrong place, wrong time. And that can happen in Europe, too. But it does, does happen more in Latin America. Well, I have heard more, more stories in Europe than, than, for example, here. Like I have, I have heard that like some... Um, some Arabs or something like they stab people or they give you like a big knife and shit like that. And in Mexico, as I was telling you, like it's really weird to hear something in the upper middle upper uh, areas, middle upper class areas and, and above. Like it's really hard. So pickpocketing is big in Europe. That's the only thing. But if you don't look like a dumb tourist, I mean, if you're american fresh off the plane and acting stupid you'll probably get you know jack but usa is definitely more dangerous than than europe 100 and maybe yeah for sure um it's more dangerous for the middle class upper class than it is in latin america because in latin america if you got money in the right areas like you're talking about you don't have to worry about some school shooting you don't have to worry yeah. about going to the mall and getting killed so there that's definitely a fact i felt quite safe in many parts in latin america than i have uh, in the usa yeah yeah sure uh let me uh ask you this so because you brought it up about this middle upper class type uh atmosphere in mexico how much of them 
are part of uh, the illegal stuff going on? How much of them are paying off the cartel? Like how invested is the cartel in every aspect of uh, the, the Mexicans life? Uh, it's very little, to be honest. Like, like I, I feel like a lot of Americans think that, uh, like nearly all people, or at least half of the middle and upper class, are um, in, involved with the cartel. But they are really not. Like, of course, there are some people that like wash money. You know, like they do laundering, uh, laundering of money or things like that. But or maybe they are in, in the they are politicians and they steal the money. But people that are in, directly involved with the cartel, it's very few people, and they will be more in cities like Culiacán or maybe states like Sinaloa or Tamaulipas or Michoacán, like really sketchy areas. But for example, if you are, if you are, uh, for example, in Monterrey, like there's very few people in the cartel, like very few people. Um, in the Riviera, which is obviously a ton of money and very touristic. I met a lot of owners of the hotels or shops and whatnot, and majority of them were paying the fee for protection. Is that just because oh, it's tourist? Oh, area? yeah. You, you mean, if you mean that, uh, yeah, like, yeah, we call it here uh, pagar piso, which is paying floor, to say like that. Uh, yeah, that does happen, especially in the Rivera Maria, of course. And it, it depends on the cartel, but there are some cartels that, that are really strict with that shit. And they even charge like the street vendors and things like that. So to finish this conversation, is it, if you got on here on air right now and said, F this cartel, F this guy, would your life be in danger? Um, Obviously my know. reach is not too huge, but maybe it would get around. Like I'm, I'm just asking, can a Mexican person stand up and say, you know, this person, you know, screw them. Or are you that protected? Uh, I mean, you you will not uh try your luck you know <laughs> like yeah, yeah. so there's still you power will... you still got to watch your step a little bit you know no matter what you're doing yeah yeah especially with that big cartel here beautiful hey so jamie we were chatting beforehand you uh travel a lot of latin america you've been to europe um and i kind of went off uh not one off on you but uh was making fun of your complex and the, the latinos how they battle each other Argentina people think, oh, we're so European. We're not like you guys. And the Mexicans are like, you're broke. You work at our smoothie shops in Mexico. Give yeah. me a, a breakdown on um, the the complexes, the interfighting between uh, the different uh, Latinos in Latin America. Because I see it a lot lately. In Peru, it's been crazy. Brazil was wild. They, they hate Venezuelans. People are like, get them out of here. They're causing all our problems. I heard the same in Colombia. Um, so people yeah. like Americans think, oh, all the Latinos are together and, but there's battles between you guys, no? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so for example, the stereotypes are like the Chile the Chileans are like ugly and they speak bad Spanish. Like no one can uh, understand their Spanish. Uh, for the Argentinians, it's like, they are really, they think they are like Aryans and shit like that, but they are they are Latinos, like they're brown or they're poor. Um, for example, for the Bol Bolivians, we say that they are like Indians, like like uh, indigenous people. Um, Mexicans, they call us like the monkeys. Brazilians, they also call them monkeys. Uh, so yeah, there's like lots of stereotypes in here. Like it really depends. Yeah, it's 
It's wild. And um, what about uh, La Mahora Rosa? Uh, improve the race. You know that saying, La Mahora uh, yeah. Rosa. Yeah, uh, yeah. That saying is mejorar la raza. It's like a saying that if that you need to marry someone whiter than you um, to have like better of 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 work. So from my perspective, I think it's kind of going away a little bit. But then again, you see anyone who has money or who's in the spotlight, politicians, celebrities, in most countries in Latin America, they have more fairer skin. Now, can you get yeah. into that? Like it's just it's dug down from when the, the Spanish, the Portuguese came over here. They were on top of the hierarchy, you know, the king. So if you want to get into that level, you know, you had to be more European. You had to be more white. Uh, is that still prevalent now or kind of get into that for me, would you? Yeah, um, of course, this is still prevalent. I think it's something very subliminal. Um, when someone has money and they are not like that fair-skinned, they usually marry someone that is fair-skinned to increase like their status. So if you are uh, whiter here in, like, in Latin America, you will be perceived as higher status, especially in countries like Mexico, like Bolivia, Peru, uh, Colombia. If you are in Argentina, maybe not that much because there are uh, poor fighter skin of people in Argentina. But overall in Latin America, yeah, it's the same, like the same feeling. And I don't, I don't think, I mean, yeah, of course it came with the conquest of America, but also like the immigrants, the European and Lebanese immigrants and all of those immigrants that came here to Latin America, they've been doing better businesses and they've been growing as a community um and and the indigenous people have not or the black people have not so that's why maybe you see like more people that are first skin as well that are on the upper classes it's like it's like when it's like i really uh laugh at this thing but it's really real like when a black man has money they don't marry like a black chick they usually marry a white chick so it's like at least the same thing here. Like any man that is brown or black, like they will marry a white or chick. Good breakdown. Um, yeah, I've definitely felt it and related back to, to the gringos listening who might want to move to, to Latin America. Does that play effect with uh, how you are treated or the, the dating prospects you get? If you're a white dude that comes down here, obviously yeah. you get the stereotypes. Oh, the white man with the blue eyes is the king in, in Latin America. And uh, you can go into it. It's not exactly that true, but uh, is that a benefit for people if they come to, to Latin America, if they have that white skin and, and, and the blue eyes? Yeah, of course, it's an advantage. Um, I think like the best nationalities right now to to visit, also, I mean, if you, have, if you have it, the best ethnicities will be, of course, like white, uh, European and Asian. Asians right now are doing good here in Latin America, especially if you are like some kind of Korean or something like that, or Japanese, and you dress sharp, you are going to nail it here in Latin America. Like Latinas love the Asian men. Um, I think the only nationalities that don't do that well are like the black Americans, I mean, blacks in general, and the, the Indians, like the Pakistanis and all of those people. I'd counter the the black American because um, they still like, oh, you're from America. You must have the money. You must have this. Um, I know a lot of black dudes that, well, the passport bro thing is huge. 
you know, with a bunch yeah. of dudes from uh, USA going to Colombia, Brazil, and, and whatnot. Uh, but um, I think it depends on the country. Like, for example, you, you will do better in Colombia or Brazil, but if you're in Mexico, like, it really depends. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, like it, it really depends on the quality of women you want to have. Like, sadly, most women, like, will not, for example, here in Mexico, will not date you, like, the upper middle class women. If you are looking just to bang or or things like that, then, yeah, probably you could do better here. But if you want like to establish yourself in the community, you will have way better chances in Brazil or Colombia, in my opinion, or maybe Ecuador. Besides the dating, though, so like uh, China used to do a lot of stuff with the the white monkey. They would hire some American dude or European just to sit in boardrooms, pay him $100,000 to make their company legit. Is there anything similar to that in Latin America? Or do you have to get in with the top dog, start speaking the language or could you know, a gringo come down to Latin America and start making serious money in that country. Um, there exists nothing like that. And um, I think, yeah, I mean, any immigrant can come here and make money. It just really depends on your business acumen, of course, like how much money you can invest here, how much you know about the local culture, how much uh, innovation can you bring here, you know, like, so for example, I don't know, like this shit exists in my country. And it doesn't exist here, so I will bring it here. So yeah, any people can make money here. Like, uh, but you will need to have a lot of street smarts, to be honest. Like, it's not like besides of of course like the business acumen. Uh, you will you you need the street smarts because you need to to deal with local vendors and um and a lot of things that are not doing the conventional way to say like that. You have to bribe people. And exactly. shit like that. Business is done way different in Latin America, 100%. You got to have a guy on the inside and he knows this person, that person. Otherwise, you're going to be throwing money into a toilet. Like uh, I've, I've heard a lot of gringos get fucked over just with real estate, not even getting into business, just with buying property and whatnot. And all of a sudden, their investment is sitting on protected land and the courts take it away and give it to someone else or they have a squatter. Squatting is crazy in Brazil. Someone sits in your house and it'll take years to get them out, you know, because they because you weren't there. You know, you use as a holiday home. But uh, good. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Jamie, tell me, because we met through this Twitter sphere. What do you uh, we kind of had some talks about this. I don't know if you want to chat about it, but it's very macho, man. There's a lot of people saying this, saying that people comparing to each other, fighting and whatnot. It's, it's funny. I've never seen something like it. I've been on the social media for a minute with this bold perceptions. Before that, I was totally off because I think it's cancer. But uh, this Twitter digital nomad, you know, traveler type uh, arena is uh, is full of characters. What do you think yeah. about it all? Um. I, I don't know. I don't like like most nomads, to be honest. Um, I think there's some interesting dudes in, on here. Um, Homie, what I, do you mean? You're I, every time I see you, you're interacting with the same people I get uh, promoted on with the digital nomad stuff and, and so forth. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I don't interact with that much people. I think um, just some people. I mean, maybe they like my tweets or retweet me, but I don't really interact like that much with them um i think it's it's just like a symptom of our age like it's not exclusive to digital nomads um i do content on tiktok uh, i mean i was recently banned it but 
I, I was doing content on TikTok and a lot of people are the same way in there and they are like Latin Americans as well. So I think like this, this whole macho red pill shit, it's on every corner of the internet. Like, and like all people are exposed to it. Like it really makes you think if it's something like planned or some shit like that. 100%. Yeah. Like negativity gets the clicks, gets the views, gets the engagement and so forth. But I yeah. see some of these people on here, you know, there's a lot of anonymous ones too. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I caution anyone that gets in these kind of circles to, to be careful who you listen to for sure. But also that a lot of these dudes, they talk a lot and they're not necessarily living, you know, how they say they're living. And, and uh, it's, you know, that's social media, you know, you want to throw out all this stuff and make your life look better than, than, than everyone else. But the little circle where we are in, there's some good dudes I met, no question about it. But uh, I don't know. I find it funny when these uh, gringos, they come to Latin America and start acting like, you know, they're king shit and, and nobody can say anything else to them. It's like there's these people who do this nomadic shit and I'm one of them. Okay, I've been doing it for a while. Half of the year I get paid to do it, playing professional sports. But every single one of them is ticking differently because why the hell would you leave where you're from? 99% of people don't do that. Why would you go out on your own? Maybe don't speak the language. Like they're, they're ticking different. And there's a lot of kids I think that get sucked into it. You know, like, oh, the West is dead and this, and, and we got to escape and go to Mexico and I'll be on the beach and Akuna Matata. But it's not necessarily as uh, easygoing as you think. So that was kind of my perception about the bubble we're in. What do you think about it? Yeah, that happens a lot. Like, as I was telling you, like this, these gringos that come here to Latin America and they spend a couple months or years here and they think they are experts on everything and that they know even more than the locals because they have like this um, this way of thinking from the United States and now they are living in Latin America. So yeah, it just goes with the with the thing that I was telling you. Like I, like I think subconsciously they think they are above uh, people from these areas for shit that their country did like 100 years ago, you know, like it's like, okay, like Germany was really good. Like, I don't know, like maybe 14 years ago or some shit like that. But right now it's a really trash country. Uh, well, I mean, maybe Germany will not be a better, a better example will be like something like, I don't know, like Italy or Belgium or Spain, even like, bro, like people in Mexico earn more money than the people in Spain. And sometimes like the Spaniards think they are better than the Mexicans. And, and that translates to a lot of people that come to these Latin American countries to immigrate. So, yeah. So, for example, there's a guy on tour that I always say she like, oh, like if you are spending less than living on less than five thousand US dollars a month. He's not a bad guy, though. Yeah, I know you're talking about that jurors like he, he gives that little clickbait, but. Overall, I've seen his stuff after a while. He's not a bad guy, but there's some guys like him that are just total clowns. They're big fish in a small pond. They were nobody before, and they come down here, and because they got money from the USA, they think they can shit on everyone. Yeah. I don't think they have, like, that much money, to be honest. Um, I think they are just doing for the clickbait and, you know, things like that. But it's funny to me because it's, like, bro, like, like most locals here live on less than $500, $500 per month. You know, like, why are you even saying so yeah it's it's funny when they try to be like like this all um like what they say it's right you know 
but his good responses, because I, I like him. He's been nice to me. Hakuna Matata, that jurors. You know, there's other people that say it. His best response is, oh, I just don't want to live a normal life. Like, if you want to, you can. <laughs> if, you, if you don't spend five, ten grand a month in, in Latin America. It's a great response because he's not being mean. He's just like, hey, you know, he's telling you, oh, you want to live normal? Great, but I won't live normal. But, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that jurors is funny. Um, hey, last topic. Uh, for sure, I want to hit into that thread you had. And uh, because you commented on one of my Instagram stories when I was discussing about uh, the Spanish and the Portuguese and how they colonized different countries and how I think the English did better, obviously, with the United States, um, Canada, Australia and so forth. But I went through your thing and I read it and I'm like, oh, that's not too bad a point. So tell me, you don't think the Spanish and the Portuguese fucked up uh, Latin America? Um, I think they fucked up Latin America in a way. So, for example, I don't think they supported the local white population, to say like that. So, for example, the Spaniards had a class of citizens that were called criollos, which were uh, sons of Spaniards here in, in Latin America. And those were like the majority of the upper class back then on the the Virreinato, and they didn't support them that much. Uh, so I think that was like a big mistake. Uh, also, like, I, I mean, like a lot of, I, I really like like the Spanish crown. Like, I, I think they did very good things in Latin America. Well, one second, like one second, America, one second. You're talking about the dudes yeah. that, uh, the Spaniards that came over there had babies. You know, they weren't uh, considered the uh, Mesititos. What was the name? Okay. Uh, no, uh, mestizos, it's when they are sons of Indian women and Spaniard men. But when I'm they're, saying they're, like, what? Yeah, when they're born in uh, the New World, right? A lot yeah. of those dudes from the Europeans were like, okay, well, it's kind of my kid, but kind of not. And I'm going to go back and, and good luck. Is that what you're kind of saying what they did or no? No, no, no. I was saying like uh, the, the Spaniards that had their kids here. And they were like mostly Spanish, like mostly Spanish blood, like 70% or more. They were the ones that were ruling the colony and they weren't supported that much. Like the Spanish crown uh, always wanted their, their, yeah, their piece of the pie. And I think that made, that made that the countries here wanted the independence because they were, just like the British in the United States, like they were demanding crazy taxes and they were not paying attention to the to the local elites. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Like the Boston Tea Party and whatnot, uh, where you're like, oh, you want all this shit, but you're not giving us protection, you're not giving this uh, this and that, and you're just being some overlord across the 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 sea that we can't see. And um, I had a great uh, time in Tiradentes. It's a small little uh, colonial village in uh, Minas Granas, uh, Belo Horizonte is the, the capital of the, the state in Brazil. And yeah. uh, it was his Independence Day. So we went there for the holiday. I want to see the history, you know, have the good party, um, the parade. And um, so before I went there, oh, Tiradentes is our revolutionary. He freed the Brazilian people from the Portuguese or... And then uh, when I went to the museum and I talked uh, to the to the locals and more people, basically this dude was oh, definitely a huge slave owner, right? Uh, mostly European blood. And he wasn't trying to free the people. This dude was like, I just don't want to pay their taxes. I want to take 
the the Portuguese crown's role and get all the money, you know? And so it was like, uh, it's an interesting battle in Latin America where it's like a lot of people, everyone was for themselves or they couldn't identify with one because you had the slaves, you had the Indonesians, you had the mixed from the, the Europeans, you had Europeans left over. And I still feel that today, you know, especially in Brazil, where it's basically this huge economy, this huge population, and you have a, a select few, select few that control everything. And they use this massive government to control everyone else, put them in their place. And I don't think colonial uh, structure has left Brazil and maybe most of Latin America. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, of course, like there's always an elite that controls everything. So, so yeah, I, I think like the same way, like uh, in some ways it, it's ruled the same way. We just change like the overlords, you know? So uh, we used to be ruled by the, by the church and the, and the Spanish crown, for example. But now we are ruled by some Masonic lodge or something like that. And the local elites. So yeah, definitely. Well, time out. Mexico is controlled by the cartel, not the Masonic lodge, no? Uh, no, I think it's just the other way around. <laughs> like, uh, I, don't I mean, get on these Twitter conspiracies. Come on, bro. Next, the, the cartel is running, and the probably the CIA influence, and there's some big pockets behind the scenes with all them, of course. But who's really running Mexico right now? Come on. I think it's the government. Like, it's always been the government. Well, the government's been paid off by the cartel forever. They they kill people all the time. No, wasn't the last no. guy a uh, pro no, cartel? It's it's the other way around. Like. Like if the government really wanted to eradicate the cartels, they will do it in an, in an instant, you know. Because they're working with them. Yeah, because they work like essentially. Essentially, what happens is, um, the government allowed the cartels to exist, and in exchange, the cartels, of course, follow with some of the guidelines that the government gave them. So, for example, I don't know, like you can you can kill American tourists, for example. And you need to pay me whatever tax or whatever, you know. Uh, but the cartels only exist because the governments allow it. Like, like I, I don't, I don't know why people think that the cartels control the government when it's the other way around. Like, if the government really, like the government, nothing is above the government, you know. Like, bro, like just imagine this. Like the government, the Mexican army is one of the best armies in the world right now, especially because a lot of the Mexican army is all already has experience in war, you know, like they are fight with the cartels. And so they have a lot of uh, field experience to say like that, like infantry wise, Mexico has one of the best. So imagine, for example, or special forces, they are they're like the equivalent of the US Navy SEALs. Like, do you think really like that those guys couldn't take off like fucking chap or some some uh, drug, drug king thing here? Like they can do it. At wherever they, they want, but they don't do it because uh, the government, of course, interferes with that and they protect the cartel. They protect like the leaders. Like if they really wanted to get you, like they will get you, bro. Like they have all the money, all the equipment, the best trained men. Like there's no really competition. Actually, like there, here's an interesting fact. So for example, one of the deadliest cartels that existed here in Mexico was called Los Zetas. Um, and those guys were formerly uh, special operate special operators. Sure. So that cartel uh, started because the government had like this this special force, which is called Gafes. It's like the special unit. Gafes in Mexico is like the equivalent of the 
maybe of the of the Delta Force in the United States. So what happened is that the government was sending this task force to to protect they, they say like that like to protect a businessman here in Mexico, and the soldier doesn't ask you for shit. You know, like you do you tell you tell them an order and they will do it. So they were sent to protect like a businessman and this businessman was giving them like more money cars women parties so they were like treating them really good and uh once they were like so involved with this businessman they discovered that this businessman was a cartel leader um so when they discovered that they were too deep with them with him i mean to to do something about it you know so they had to join like the cartel that they were that that guy was the leader of so what happened is that they they were like the the hitmen of, of of that cartel and when and then they got ambitious and they wanted to form their own cartel and that's when all the shit popped off in mexico when when there was like a war and fucking uh beheaded people and things like that so imagine just like if the best, uh, if like a battalion of, I don't know, it was like 30 people, I believe, of the special forces uh, on Mexico could desert and do that damage. Imagine like if what the government can do, you know, like when, when with all their resources and soldiers, like, of course, the government has the power of end everything to end everything. Okay, so basically they're the same entity. They work with each other, do everything. The government and the cartel. That's what it is i think i will say like the cartel is a vassal of the government but yeah and in some cases i mean i'm i'm saying like on the federal federal wise yeah maybe you say like a municipality or like a province then yeah it could be like mixed up gotcha i mean it's not much different to the usa on a larger scale with our military we send them out we take the oil we do different you know things and so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big believer that the government is just mafia with flags. So that, that goes in with my kind of philosophy, what you just said. Um, but you're right. I did see, was it El Chapo's son or someone? The government sent in all these helicopters and like blew up a city and they, they took them like in one day. That was recently, yeah. this past year. Some big uh, cartel guy. El no? That's who it was? Yeah, El Culiacanazo, it's the name of the event. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Speaking of this, though, hold on. Merida, is this true? Because when I stayed there for probably two weeks, I heard that the reason Merida is so safe is because all the cartel people send their kids to go to school in uh, the, the Yucatan. Is that true or no? Um, no, I don't think that's true, to be honest. The rumor? Yeah. Why is it so safe? Bro, it was like... <laughs> Straight out of Europe, you know, 1700s, no issues whatsoever. Um, I think it's safe because the the local population is Mayan. So, for example, the Mayans are more pacifist than the, the indigenous people that are, for example, in Chiapas. Like the indigenous people that are in Chiapas, they are troublemakers. Um, and Yucatan also doesn't have like a big tourist uh, attraction besides Chichen Itza. So it's not like the Rivera Maya where they have like the beaches and all these gringos coming up and Europeans and they sell drugs. So there's there's re there's re really no reason for the cartels to be in there. And also like 
you have to realize that they are not close to the, to the United States either. And a lot of the insecurity that you see here in Mexico comes from people from Greco-Roman heritage. You know, so for example, if you see all the fucking famous uh, narcotraficants here in Mexico, they are they have facial features of uh, of the Mediterranean, you know. And Merida is more like racially Mayan, so it's not like they are they don't have that in their blood. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's like another unknown reason. The last time I checked, Merida was the second safest city in all of the Americas behind some Canadian city. Obviously, population like 500 plus, but uh, Merida is like one of the safest places in all the Americas. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, good. So I'm learning a lot from you. I like it, Jamie. Okay, last thing. So like I said at the beginning, I want to tell gringos um, or shit, even Mexico City socialites. What are the best, you know, most underrated places to go in Mexico relating to the safety, the cost of living? You know, if you're a bachelor, single, but uh, overall uh, lifestyle, where the hell should I go? Uh, I think Mazatlan right now will be on top. Mazatlan is like the best city, in my opinion, because it has a great nightlife. It has beaches. It has great food and it has a great local experience. Um, so for example, if you go to Cancun, you will not see shit. If you go to Puerto Vallarta, you will not see a lot of Mexican. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Normal gringos go, go to Cancun, we'll just do the hotel zone or whatnot. But there's some real big shakers and movers in, in Cancun. I have yeah. a friend there. She she has a home and she knows all the, the big the big shooters and they're living crazy lives down in Cancun. Like you can find it if if you're connected with them or if you you're spending the big money. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Cancun is like a it's like a mini Miami, I think, in my opinion. Um, another city will be Guadalajara. Uh, Guadalajara has a big population, uh, young city, beautiful people, great nightlife, great food, a lot of Mexican culture and art and architecture and everything you want. It's in Guadalajara, and it has a good cost of living. Like it's not that exp I mean, a good value for your money. Um, Quanto to live a good life there right now. And and the first city, you say Mazatlan, right? The first city? Mazatlan. Yeah, Mazatlan. Quanto yeah, yeah. for both. I think it's like from 1,500, you could live like, like well, you know, like you're, you're not uh, suffering, you know, if you are earning that. If you are earning like $3,000 or more, and then yeah, you will live pretty good. In both cities? Yeah. yeah, not earning, but spending. I'm talking spending. Yeah, spending. Spending. Okay. What's yeah, because one? you you will be spending like one thousand three hundred on rent, maybe five hundred on food, and the rest on going out. Going out is is more expensive because you if you like for example clubbing, um, here is like in the United States, like you need to have a table and shit like that, so. Yeah, you will need to spend more money. Any more cities? Um, I'm a I beach guy. I'm a beach guy, but I don't want too many people there, you know? Preferably no gringos and uh, I have Wi-Fi. Mazatlan is the way to go, man. Like... Ande. Mazatlan, Mazatlan, the city I was telling you about. Oh, the first one? Yeah, yeah, Are yeah. You, is it Mazatlan? Is it, do they gringos say it differently? 
Um, see, I think, I don't know, uh, Mazatlan. Send it to me after, send it to me after. But this is on the Pacific Coast, correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, hey, Wakahara, and then what else? Well, I think another city will be Querétaro. Querétaro is like north of Mexico City, and it has a low cost of living. It's a very conservative city, and it's very chill, and has a great climate, and it's growing a lot. So I, I really like Querétaro. I will put these uh, three in the description. Dude, have you been to Bacalar? No, no, I haven't. You need to go to Bacalar. It was freaking amazing. They say it's the next Tulum. You know, Tulum 10 years ago. It's when I was there, 2020, it already started getting a little developed, but it was chill and only like the hippie gringos were there. But I loved it. It was it was really good. I like the Riviera, even though how you know Americanized it is. There's a lot of hidden spots that uh, you'll have a beautiful time. Basically have Caribbean Sea, the great Mexican food, and uh lots of different chicas. You know, you don't like the Riviera or no? Uh yeah, I like the Riviera, to be honest. Favorite spot? Uh, Playa del Carmen, easily. Playa. It gets a lot it's of hate, still... but it's, it's re I, I think it's the only, besides Mazatlan, it's the only livable beach city here in Mexico. Like this in beach city. So that's where I was, you know, camped out at during that time period when I visited Bacalar for about six months. And, oh, it's good. You know, besides that little yuck stuff that goes on the beach sometimes, Segasara yeah. or whatever. Um no, it was it was really good. Good food, you know, nice people, and you have the Wi-Fi. You have Walmart, for God's sakes. <laughs> like if yeah. you want to do your digital nomad thing, that's the easy spot to, to to start up. Yeah, I think it's the best spot if you are a digital nomad. I actually started there. I think it's the best spot. What part did you stay in? Um, close to to the Fifty Avenue, like I remember the other. Yeah, like 10, 15. It was more close to CTM. Anyone that wants to go there, I don't know how it is now, but Colonial, Colonia Hollywood, I think it was off 20 and 30, um, is the best. It has such a cool vibe. They have old cars in front. You're next to like the Argentina cafes. Oh, Charlie's, the little cafe Charlie's. Did you ever go to that restaurant? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> like, to be amazing. And then there's yeah. that Cusco coffee cafe that's about five minutes walking more towards uh, south, which is good. But uh, Colonial Hollywood is my favorite. That was a really good spot in Playa del Carmen. You didn't hear the noise at night on Fifth Avenue, but you were five minutes walking from there. You had the pools, all that kind of stuff. So amazing. Jamie, do you have any more uh, stuff on our conversation or are you uh, cashed out? You said a lot of good things that I learned about. Um, well, uh, I think I, I pretty much say everything. Um, I don't know what I, what else can I say. Like my experience has been just in Mexico and South America. I mean the connoisseur. But yeah, um, I encourage anyone that visits Latin America to to truly integrate into the culture, like learn the language. Uh, that will help you a lot, like with dating, with getting better prices, renting or buying shit. Like Spanish is a really, I think it's a pretty easy language if you know if you already know English or French or whatever, like, like it, will, it won't be difficult if you are, are a Chinese speaker or something like that, Mandarin speaker. Um, but yeah, learn Spanish, like it's worth it. And truly try to to get like 
the local experience. Like don't just book on the popular nomad areas or go to the nomad gyms or hang around with other locals. I mean, with other uh, nomads, like try to, to enjoy more your experience with locals. Of course, if you're new to the stuff, start there and then expand out, right? Get your footing down and, and do what you say. Cause then you open up a whole new world, a way funner world, a way cheaper world. Um, but the, the last thing I was going to ask you, okay, so you've been to a couple different countries. I mean, you're a young dude. I assume you want to go to more, but do you see yourself in Mexico for the rest of your life? Like, would you settle down in Mexico? Um, I think I am thinking of living in, for example, Spain and Argentina, but for some seasons, um, but yeah, I will live my whole life in Mexico. Just like not all the time, you know, I would like to travel to other places to live in other places, man. Yeah. Yeah. That says okay. a lot. Awesome. Uh, hey, Jamie, any travelers, people thinking about, uh, Mexico or just want to connect with you? How do they uh, reach you? Um, they can reach me in my tour, which is Jaime Ramos, I think with the double A or uh, my Instagram, which is Jaime Adrian R. All right, great. People got questions and, and stuff. I would appreciate it if you, you help them out a little bit, not too much. I hate when they do the basic stuff, you know, if you, yeah. if you just ask, oh, is Mexico dangerous? Come on. No one wants to answer that. So, but Hey, yeah. Jamie. It was great to have a conversation, you know, through the virtual thing, face to face. Uh, keep tweeting what you tweet and uh, don't get lost in the sauce on those uh, little spheres, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks, man. And for one being. of these days, meet up with me. I think I might go back to Europe for next year, but uh, I, t oh, I told you, go to the northeast of Brazil. You yeah, know yeah. when you go there, I'll tell people to take care of you. Have a fucking great time. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Yeah, I, I am planning on visiting South America this year. So for sure. All right, guys, everyone else, live bold.